rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 8.15 a.m. Ramsey, I know. You just hit me with the uh, hit me with the, the text later on, brother. You are listening to Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we are joined today with Mr. William Small of Good Jazz morning. Perspectives. Good, Good to morning. have you. Good morning. Good to have you. Good to have you. All right. All right. Also want to say good morning to friend and co-host Christine. Good uh, morning. Back. She was off yesterday doing work. Doing W-O-R-K. Work. And we got Hunter and JV. Good morning, gentlemen. All right. We got a good show for you guys today, and we're pleased to be able to speak to Mr. Small. So we're going to get into the interview. But first, we do have some news for you. And it's very important news. I wanted to give a starting uh, starting shout out first to the City of Aurora, Ward 3, Alderman Ted Masiakos, the Northern Illinois Food Bank, and Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry for the continued good work that they do with their food drives at Phillips Park. They are no-contact drives. You pull up, you receive food. It's just that simple. And they have been consistently serving uh, 12,000 families average uh, on these Mondays. And that's very good, very positive and we love it. So shout out to the city of Aurora, the mayor, and all of the parties involved in that. Also want to give a hello and a shout out to our friends of Talented Tents and On Us and the Aurora Tap House. We are live again at Talented Tents, 122 West Downer, for your social service needs. You can also drop off uh, any items here for donation, and you can also receive non-perishables and food as well. All right. So... Let's get into what I have to tell you, which is very important. Hunger Action Month, better known as HAM. H-A-M, y'all, H-A-M. All right. The month-long campaign brings awareness to hunger in the community and offers ways for community members to contribute to both Aurora Interfaith Food Pantry and Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry. Now, this is in collaboration with several artists, and it's also in collaboration with many restaurants, up to and including... Altero Latin Fusion at 1 South Stolp Avenue, Gary Brown Art Studio and Gallery, 7 South Broadway, Gillison's Grubbery, 33 West New York Street, La Quinta de los Reyes. Woo! The R's are back. The R's are back, baby. The R's are back. Uh, that's at 36 East New York Street. Uh, excuse me. McCarty Mills Tap Room, 140 South River Street, Suite 108, right across from the Aurora Public Library and down the street from Jimmy's, uh, Jimmy John's right there. Treadwell Coffee, 14 West Downer Place. And Society 57, 100 South River Street, and Cottonseed Creative Exchange, 8 North Broadway. Keep your eyes open coming up on First Friday because all of those uh, locations are going to be doing some really cool things. And they're also going to be doing that in conjunction with the Sugar Skull Month. Um, Sugar Skull City. Yeah, Sugar Skull City. Now, y'all know about Sugar Skull City, right? Oh, you don't? Well. You want to tell them about Sugar Skull City? I will tell them about Sugar Skull City. Uh, Sugar Skull City is a month-long celebration in downtown Aurora that celebrates and honors the cultural and local tradition of Day of the Dead. To coincide with First Fridays and Day of the Dead activities on November 6th, Sugar Skull City promotion and activities will run from October 15th to November 15th. Artists, community members, youth, and family are invited to honor the Mexican tradition of Day of the Dead. 
Dia de los Muertos. Oh, okay. You know that. Right now, yeah. Um, that it's, it's to celebrate that holiday by creating an unframed 12 by 18 work depicting a sugar skull that can be displayed in business windows in downtown Aurora. You can participate by creating a 2D artwork in the style and media of your choice. All skill levels are welcome. Very Once cool. completed, the submitted works will be displayed in the storefronts as part of Aurora Downtown Sugar Skull City events. And community members are invited to view them throughout the month as a crowd-free activity. Oh. Be safe, wear your masks. Right. And get your uh, skull on. Yeah. Uh, if you want to participate, it's open to all ages and abilities. You can use the media of your choice. Just need to create that 2D sugar skull that can be scanned or sent as a PDF to print. Uh, you want to return your artwork to in the form of a PDF to info at auroradowntown.org, or you can also drop it off at Aurora Fast Print along with your name and contact information. Shout out to Aurora Fast Print. Yeah. Um, important date, October 5th. They're due October 5th, so you need to get those in by that date, and then you can pick them up on October 19th. Not October 7th, just because, oh, you know what? My dog ate the October 5th firm deadline. There you go. Uh, one other thing, um, the Aurora Regional Chamber of Commerce and Invest Aurora launched their business implication survey. That's their second COVID-19 business survey. Mm -hmm. That survey is going to be open until this coming Monday, September 21st. With the analysis report of the survey findings, it's going to be released on Monday, October 5th. The survey link is posted to the Good Morning Aurora Facebook and Instagram pages. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page as well. Shout out to our friends at the Aurora Regional Chamber of Commerce and Invest Aurora. And just like that, that's the news. That's it. All right. <laughs> so let's get into our interview with Mr. William Small. Glad to have you, sir. Good morning. Yeah. Good yeah. morning. Grab my coffee for this because uh, I like jazz. I love jazz. And Hunter, our uh, audio engineer, is a fan of jazz as well. Excellent. So, Excellent. Um, starting off, we're going to learn about you. I want to say, again, we appreciate you coming on to the show. Really looking forward to this. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. And we've met before, but we crossed paths again yesterday. Yes. yes. While I was working, we yes. were at the Aurora Downtown. We were. We were online <laughs> at the Aurora <laughs> the <virtual> Downtown. <laughs> Virtu yeah. We virtually met again. Um, and so it's just another example of speaking up. You were in public comedy. I said, hey, wait a minute. We'd like to talk to him. We'd like to have him on the show. So I'm glad, you, I'm glad you joined in and everyone gets to know a little bit more about you. Great. Thank you. So you can tell everybody who you are and where you're from. Wow. Uh, William Small, the uh, president and founder of Jazz Perspectives. Uh, just as an FYI, Jazz Perspectives is a talent management company. We book live jazz, blues, R&B, and acoustic entertainment, primarily for uh, restaurants, bars, uh, private events, weddings, birthday parties. Basically, we just like to be a primary source for anyone looking for quality entertainment. And we've been fortunate enough to expand our reach to where now we're offering entertainment in 16 cities nationwide. Great. You guys were doing some jazz brunches, or you have done some yes. jazz brunches in the yes. area. Yes, yes. We were doing some, uh, it was very, we're fortunate that uh, when Stope Island opened in downtown Aurora, uh, we were given the opportunity to provide the entertainment for their jazz brunch. So uh, we're hoping a time is going to come, as many of us are, as all musicians are, that we can get the scenario with uh, COVID-19 in order and get live entertainment back, because it definitely has had a negative impact on musicians and their families. Definitely, yeah. So where are you from? Were uh, you born and raised? Know, I have been in Aurora. I was just thinking about this this morning on the drive over. I've been a resident of Aurora for going on about 30 years now. 
Uh, I'm initially from Denver, Colorado, born in Denver, Colorado. My dad was in the military, so we did a lot of traveling over the years. Primarily grew up in the St. Louis and East St. Louis area, but I've been in Aurora now for 30 years. Uh, raised five children in the area, gone from everything from Wabanzi High School to I have my two youngest boys at Mateo right now. They're juniors and seniors. And, uh, Tell you four, Mustangs. Yes, yes. <laughs> Shout and, out. And uh, four, four grandchildren. So I've been in Aurora for quite some time. Um, I enjoy I enjoy the community a great deal. So it's nice to get involved in capacities such as this to really get a chance just to expand your reach and get to know new people. Right. What's your educational background? Uh, I have to mention that I uh, high school I attended Christian Brothers College Military Institute. That's in St. Louis. All male Catholic high school. I think it still shows on me. And uh, I attended college at Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville. Um, I actually spent a year in grad school at North Central, but just career and work didn't allow me to finish. So uh, I did about a year there before I started traveling a lot for work, and unfortunately I had to put that on hold. And now it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> there's too much going on. Always something, yeah. always something going on. <laughs> Growing up, what impact did your mom have on your life? You know something? I always say that uh, fortunate as far as my mom and dad being there for my sister and myself, I just have a sibling. Uh, what's been quite interesting, my father was a military guy, and he pretty much gave us what we needed. My mother was that loving mom who did her best to provide what we wanted. And when you're a child, sometimes there's a gray area between the two. Sometimes a want can be as important to a need to a child. Right. So I think she's, she actually provided that for us. Uh, she was able to uh, live with us here in my home in Aurora for about 12 years before moving into a uh, assisted living facility for, uh, for health reasons. But it was great to have my youngest children. Uh, my children's ages go anywhere from 16 to 35. So wow. we've got a yeah. large, large gap with those five children. And it was nice that my younger boys, by my mom living with us, was given the opportunity. They got to know her. She got to really know them. And that was truly a blessing to see that happen. My older nieces and nephews will tell my kids, like, your grandpa was definitely not my grandpa. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that. <laughs> He's yeah, kind of softened I, I, a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard that along with the idea that, you know, you do this for them, and you didn't do that for us, you know. Right. And, and then I know it's okay because everybody thinks that they've got some shortcomings because somebody yes. else is getting more. So since they all think they're missing out, everything's good. Yeah. Yeah, I had my grandmother in my life. When my, uh, she, lived with, um, she lived with us, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, mom and dad would go to work and wouldn't be around. And so my grandmother provided a lot of the uh, ideological underpinnings. Absolutely, absolutely. And soul that just went upward from there it's always those uh those roots as we could call them absolutely know? that has been a blessing for our family uh you know with just my sister and myself so we were a very small unit as right. far as the four of us growing up but now having five children and four grandchildren it's just a blessing to see how the family has grown but also to see that they've had a opportunity to interact my youngest granddaughter was born um, a year ago uh, almost two years, about a year and a half ago, on May the 8th, when my mother was born May 8th in 1931. Wow. And they've had a chance to meet, you know. So yeah. you talk about bridging it and bringing it all together. Mm -hmm. Very Comes nice. full circle. Very, yeah, it is. It really yeah. is. It really is. An experience that you can't uh, replicate. Yep. So before we get into the history of jazz perspectives, mm -hmm. I, I do want to know, uh, what's your opinion of the kind of family aspect we were just talking about in music? In artistry or in the artist, is yeah. that something that you can notice? 
Uh, if I understand your question regarding the impact of music on the family, where you get your love or appreciation, correct, for music. or your start of that uh, of music, yeah. you know, if a yeah. family member of uh, you know that is that is a uh, that's a great question because that's truly where I can look at my love and appreciation for music. Uh, my dad was in the military, and I remember I mentioned a moment ago being born in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. I remember being you know five or six years old, and on Sundays other airmen would come to my home visit my dad, they would all go in the basement, they would all bring a jazz album, and they would all play their album and have a couple of cocktails. Albums. Shall we say yeah. uh, albums? I did albums. say albums. Vinyl. Yes. 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 Yeah, no one was streaming on an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, they would, every Sunday, they'd come over and do that and have their adult beverage and kind of get together with the guys and talk. Mm -hmm. I remember getting a glass of water, and I would go downstairs and sit with the guys and just listen to them, you know, have their discussion and listen to their music. Mm -hmm. And my appreciation for for music really came from that. Right. As a matter of fact, I remember uh, prior to my dad passing, uh, he and I were sitting in home in St. Louis talking one day, and I was just telling him how I just truly still loved this really old album, uh, Cannonball Adderley, and the mm -hmm. song was Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. It was a jazz uh, saxophone player. And my dad started laughing. He said, you don't understand. When you were young, I used to put you to sleep on my shoulder, patting you on your butt to Cannonball Adderley. Mercy, <laughs> mercy, mercy. So it's still soothing. You know, it's, yes. just, it's still yeah. soothing. But it was great because just, you know, quick up tempo on it. Fast forward years ago, uh, my uh, my oldest son, uh, William A. Small III, who we call Trey, uh, he grew up listening to jazz because mm -hmm. there was a lot of jazz being played in my home. Yeah. A lot of music, but definitely a lot of jazz. Right. And I remember laying in bed one day and he came in with his little purple, like a, a purple Sesame Street, you know, Barney cassette recorder. <laughs> right. And he had, and he put the cassette on the bed and hit the button and he was playing Thelonious Monk, Straight No Chaser. Oh, my and I'm goodness. And like, I'm going like, wow, this is going full circle here. Yeah. You know? On the little, on the little yeah. Barney cassette Yeah, a little Barney. Yeah. It was playing Thelonious That's Monk, great. though. So it was good. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yes. That is beautiful. Yes. Uh, my son loves um, just a touch of love a little bit. Now that's yes. not jazz. No, it's not it, jazz it, at all. But it's kind of it falls into that contemporary yeah. jazz kind of but funk. Just a touch Arbor. of yeah. love. Yeah. yeah. Um, so tell us about the history of jazz perspectives. How did it? Um, how did it start? What's its roots? Okay. Um, I think because of the appreciation for music, and at the time, jazz was the the focus for me. You know, in a sense, you can see that in the name, Jazz right. Perspectives. I really had wanted to uh, open a jazz club in the western suburbs. Okay. That was my initial thought as far as doing something entrepreneurial out of what was, at that time, my position in, in corporate America. And uh, me and a good buddy of mine decided we were going to host a weekly jazz series mm -hmm. in Lyle, Illinois, as it was. Uh, the hotel now, I think, is called the Wyndham. It used to be the Radisson in Lyle, okay. right across the street from the Hilton there. And so we worked on an arrangement with the GM there. They had a really nice lounge called Jaguars. And we were going to do a weekly jazz series there, bringing in live you know, musicians right. from the Chicagoland area. And we were going to call it Jazz at Jaguars. Uh, we were fortunate that uh, the uh, College of the Page, WDCB, the jazz station, yeah. they partnered with us. Uh, the Verve record label, they partnered with mm -hmm. us. So every week we were basically you know, bringing in some really quality jazz musicians because Chicago has excellent musicians oh, available yeah. just locally. You don't have to go outside, you, don't. you know, the Chicagoland area. So we did that for a while to see what the area support 
jazz mm-hmm. before we began to try to invest and put together something sure. on, on a more permanent basis. Sure. And uh, what ended up happening, the hotel was sold, and they made what was this beautiful Jaguar lounge. They made it a sports bar. Okay, so that kind of eliminated that piece for us. I was fortunate at the time that my position in corporate America provided me some more opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I began to travel. The venue was gone. But what happened was I still had a lot of relationships with musicians Mm -hmm. from those bookings. So whenever a friend or a family member was looking for entertainment for an event, they would always reach out. Okay, and I began to think about this being something viable. But quite honestly, uh, you're, you know, a family man, you've got kids in college, you've got mortgages. The idea of coming home and telling your wife, hey, I want you to think about this. I'm, I'm going to quit the job, <laughs> right. the benefits, the, the salary, all those right. guarantees. Just believe in me, and girl. Just, and, we, and we're just going to go book some music. <laughs> right. right? You know, that works for you. Work, you know? <laughs> this brother and, has yeah. lost his mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Honey, kids, pack your clothes. Right. Yeah. But uh, no, so we, we ended up, uh, I ended up doing it on a part-time basis. It was kind of my side hustle, sure, sure. so to speak. Yep. And one thing led to another, and we began to book other venues. Our first major account in this area was a Sullivan Steakhouse in downtown Naperville. Oh, shout um, out to Sullivan's right there on the corner. Yep, yes. Yep. yep. They've shout always out. been known for uh, steaks, martinis, and jazz. Yeah. Where for over 15 years now, we've been the jazz. Right. That's that's where right. we first got our start there. And uh, as it progressed to a few more opportunities, uh, the unfortunate event that took place at that time at around like eight or nine years ago, the economy was not great. Right. Uh, corporations began to lay off people. Right. Uh, the great opportunity that I had at that time was uh, basically uh, canceled. Uh, my position was eliminated. Right. And uh, I found myself looking for a job again. Okay. And what was interesting then, considering I had to look for a job, I wasn't leaving right. a job. Right. I can choose to spend 50% of my time on looking at a new opportunity in corporate America and I could spend 50% of my time trying to book entertainment and see where that goes. Right. And I probably begin to shade at like 55, 60. Yeah, uh, yeah. The booking. little whittling. Yeah, yeah. The 50, 50 yeah. became 60, 40, 70, 30. Like, I'm going to do this for like 10 more minutes. That's yeah. All <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, One more song. And, yeah. and, and just very fortunate. It truly just took off. I had spoke with a, a regional manager uh, with Sullivan's at the time saying, hey, I like the opportunity to handle your music in Indianapolis. And I had known him for a long time when he was a general manager at Sullivan's in downtown Chicago, which okay. was our, our second location. He said, well, I could really use help in Omaha. Could you help me in Omaha? And I'm like, hmm, sure I can. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And then you hang up the phone and say, how am I going to book entertainment in Omaha? In Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But uh, we were able to make that happen. And from there, they gave us Omaha. And that's where we really began to expand outside of just the Chicago land area. Sure. And then by having that base there, we were able to expand our business offerings to other venues in those communities. So I found myself uh, booking jazz uh, on a full-time basis. And I think for me, where the real joy came in is when I started getting calls back from individuals Mm -hmm. in corporate America saying, hey, we got an opportunity here. Are you interested? And I would think about it and I go, I'm good. Right. <laughs> I'm good. Thank yeah. you. You just know. Yeah. Right. yeah. Right. So right. fast forward. Yeah. We're we just talking like, what's the hours? Yeah. Like, you know what? Mm, yeah. Brother got to book this group. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's a very interesting story. But I like the fact of uh, Omaha and how that was uh, kind of a catalyst to, to do and Absolutely. go further. Taking because, the uh, risk. Yes. Right. I can imagine that if it would be easier to book and source talent 
in a Chicago absolutely as opposed to a uh, Nebraska. So rather than being a challenge, that's yep. an opportunity. If you can do that, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the real benefit for us was, is, you know, the idea of trusting the process. Mm -hmm. We put together just a little basic step process of expanding into these new markets, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being able to basically fly into the market, get a feeling for what they're currently doing, listen to their current entertainment schedule. Uh, in the early in the evenings, late at the evenings, you get the benefit, I will admit, of hitting all the popular venues in that area that right. have live entertainment. Yeah. Finding the ones that you think might be beneficial and appropriate for the new clients you're working with. Uh, coming back to Chicago, coordinating contacts with those people, getting agreements together, booking them, and then flying in to those markets again for the kicking off of your entertainment in those venues. Right. And uh, getting quality musicians because, you know, we're not on site we're not there every night you know Certainly. we're fortunate to be in all these cities but it means it's really important to hire quality musicians who will respect the process and the venue and your business model right and uh support you when you're not there so we've been very fortunate to have that right and it's not just jazz. You're involved in other things, yes. blues, R&B. Yes, yes, absolutely. It started out as jazz because of my own selfish reasons of really just being a true jazz fan. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you find out very quickly it's not just what you want, it's what the client wants. And as much as I love jazz, everyone doesn't love it as much. But, for example, where we've really seen a lot of growth recently, and we've recently just added that to our website, is the acoustic music. Acoustic music, singer-songwriter, taking off big time big time and what's nice about it you know uh venue managers you know restaurateurs uh everyone's concerned with cost of entertainment sure. they love entertainment not because mm -hmm. they may be music fans but they love it because it helps get people into their venue sure. and hopefully keeps them there longer right but you do want to manage the costs and you got to look at the space that the performers are taking up because that's probably a space where a table could have been where you could have had more revenue being generated sure. uh one great thing about some of the singer songwriters be it solos or duo acoustic music you're talking about one or two people that will do everything from jazz, blues, R&B. It's amazing some of these young guys who are, you know, 20 between 20 and 28 years old, and they're doing everything from from Marvin Gaye to the Jackson Five to right. Sade to the Beatles to Clapton. I mean, they're they're all over the board, yeah. you know. So you've got a broad selection of music. You're taking up a minimal amount of space, and the budget requires you covering one or maybe two people versus three or four in a, you know, a standard trio or quartet. Right. So it works out well. It does. What do you feel are the strengths of Aurora? Oh, wow. Uh, that actually is a pretty easy question for me because it's one that I love to celebrate. To me, the key strength to Aurora is this diversity. You know, the fact that Aurora celebrates that. You know, they mm -hmm. just don't uh, talk about it in the sense of, you know, it's important to be a non-racial open community. But when you look at what's going on, when you look at the people that make up Aurora, when you look at groups like this event we're in right now, where there's a look very the room, diverse right, right. sitting here with us this morning, right. uh, it's celebrated. And, you know, it's, it's celebrated through uh, the Human Relations Commission. It's celebrated through the various boards and commission that are so important that gives everybody in the community a voice. So uh, to me, that, that really is the key. And I think right now, when you get past the diversity piece, which is extremely important to me, you look at Aurora's really on the upswing right now. Mm -hmm. I have right. been in Aurora for about 30 years now, and I have been here when 
uh, the casino first came in, and that was going to be what was going to do it. And then the roundhouse came, and that was what was going to be and do it. But all the time, it always appeared to be, you know, the, the little engine that could. That oh, it was, yeah. It was like, you know, it, it was positioned, <laughs> it was going to do it, yeah. and it just, you know, but now it's happening. Right. It, 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 it's happening right now. It seems to be happening, and it seems that people have still maintained that optimism and Absolutely. that forward growth outlook, despite, or rather, recognizing that we're in a pandemic. Yes. But the spirit of optimism has not diminished. The bridge going over there by uh, um, uh, River Edge Park. Park across yep. River is completed, yep. and there's yep. still renovation taking place. Yep. No, yeah. no, Aurora is moving in the right direction. It, it truly is. And I think that. For all the times where we thought it was there and it was hesitant, uh, I'm confident right now that it's going in the right direction. They, and that's what gets my vote right now. So very cool. Yeah. Oh, um, I wanted to ask. Now we, um, Christina, brought up that you book and source talent, not just jazz. Mm -hmm, correct. I I have to ask though. Sometimes there's not too much of a difference between jazz and blues. Sometimes they seem to, is that not a, a, a correct statement? You know, I think what's important to note is that a lot of times, uh, if you were to visit my website, jazzperspectives.com, to throw a little plug out there, jazzperspectives.com. I thought you'd like that. But no, if you visit, you know, it's very careful that when you, when I talk to a client and they say they want to book jazz entertainment, I really want to get a feeling for what they consider jazz. Okay. Because you got a lot of different types of jazz. You got your more traditional jazz, kind of the big band, Jelly Roll, Morton kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And stuff. then you basically have your contemporary jazz. Maybe you're getting into uh, foreplay, David Sanborn, uh, Earl Clue type guys. Mm -hmm. And then you got some of the straight ahead stuff that I was raised on where you're getting into the Miles Davis's, yeah. Cannonball Adderley. So I don't think anyone would you know, uh, infer a correlation to that in blues. But in defense of blues, you got Chicago blues. You got some of the Southern blues. You, you've got different types of blues entertainment as well. Uh, St. Louis blues. Absolutely. And being a St. Louis guy, you definitely got to appreciate that. Thank you. We're going to, yeah. oh, that's, yeah, yeah that's yeah, part yeah, of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's part yeah. of it. But uh, I think you can find similarities. One of the things that we would do that really helped us to expand is that, you know, the jazz that I grew up on, that our parents grew up on, that was kind of straight ahead, standard type jazz stuff. But for many yeah. of the younger crowd that may come into a restaurant, may come into a Sullivan's or to a Pete Miller's or to a, a Francesca's, uh, they don't want to hear that kind of jazz. You know, they, they don't want to really say, Miles Davis, yeah, learned about him in history, but, you know, not really feeling that. It's kind of old in here, man. And, exactly. <laughs> but you basically have jazz musicians, the ones who are really working and getting opportunities, that you can do jazzy versions of everything. Right. You know, we got jazzy versions of Beatles music, Elton John, yeah. Madonna. And so people hear music that they like, but it's being done in a jazzy version that you can appreciate. Right. And that's way. where you'll get the crossover there. Kind of a newer which is, age style. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I have been a fan of music, and I've always liked it. I think one of the strengths of the Midwest uh, is that, you know, we're not confined to getting pounded down, you know, uh, uh, vocally, which mm -hmm. is one style of music. Okay, right. uh, talk about Chicago blues and St. Louis blues. Oh wow! What's the difference there? Wow, you know something? I'm gonna have to admit you've got me on that one. Um, there definitely is a distinction that's local to those communities. Mm -hmm. right. And it's one of those things I'm probably better at hearing it 
and being able to tell you where I think it falls. Right. But in honesty, I'm probably not going to be the guy to help you determine uh, a definition from a conversation standpoint. Yeah, and that, there that actually comes into play. And there may not be one because I can hear the differences. Exactly. But it all is. Uh, it's just con- you know. It's just com- it's totally expressed through soul. Yes. Yeah. So it's yes. kind of a distinction without a difference. Uh, however, in barbecue though. Is there anything other than St. Louis? <laughs> I mean, we can give Kansas City second. Okay? But we got to go St. Louis. Oh, yeah. We talk yeah. a lot of food on this show. So, uh, and there's we a, eat a lot of food. Okay? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Where would you go for the closest comparison to St. Louis here? Oh, wow. Anything you know, really, does anything really cl- compare? Uh, you know, there is a spot that's pretty good. You know, I'm going to offend some people here, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Gamados. Jamato's. 75th Street. Okay. Yeah. No, uh, this is uh, Jamato's. This is on Jefferson Ogden Avenue. Yeah, and I think Jefferson. It, yeah, I think so. And you can, when you drive by, you, you, you like that one. When you <laughs> drive by, you can smell the wood Ooh. burning. So you know they're grilling in there. You know, they're right not across doing the that Jaguar up. dealership, all Absolutely. the dealerships. Absolutely. On the corner. Yep. Absolutely. Excellent place. Absolutely. Shout yes. out to Jamato's. Yes. 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 Good barbecue. Good yeah. Barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> really good stuff. Um, so the time is now. 8.44 a.m. and you've been listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we are sitting with Mr. William Small of Jazz Perspectives. You are also part of the Human Relations Commission for the yes. city of Aurora. Yes. Tell us more about that and what sure. that entails. Um, I've been a member of the Human Relations, of the city of Aurora Human Relations Commission for going on three years now. Uh, but I actually took over as the chair in March of this year. And of course, I uh, took over as chair, and then we got hit by a pandemic and <laughs> haven't been able to meet in person since then. Uh, but I think what's really great about it, we were talking about what makes Aurora special. Mm-hmm. I think the Human Relations Commission that actually was founded by Marie Wilkerson, I heard her name mentioned yeah. here earlier in, 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 in the discussion today, of uh, the food pantry mm-hmm. and uh, children's centers and what have you. Uh, you know, Aurora saw the need a long time ago that it's one thing to say we have laws on the books and that those laws are going to uh, protect those individuals that sometimes are discriminated against. Yeah. That, you know, if you're a citizen of uh, Aurora, uh, you should not feel discriminated against based on your sexual orientation, your race, your ethnicity, religion, age, disabilities. Well, Aurora took it a step farther, and the HRC truly is there for that purpose. That if you basically feel that you are being discriminated against for whatever the reason, you have a human relations commission that you can file a complaint with, and then they will investigate on your behalf and try to assist in resolving that matter. And I think one of the things that we've been doing, even even though we can't meet in person right now since I've taken over, we've decided that just sitting back and waiting for complaints to come in isn't sufficient. That what we want to do is be a catalyst, be more progressive in getting out there and trying to make sure that we're educating on these groups, right. that we're getting the that we're being the bridge between these various groups and the communities that they're a part of. So that's that's what we're doing now. Uh, we're looking forward to it. We're in the process of adding uh, some new commissioners to the commission, and we're looking forward to doing some things in conjunction with the uh, Aurora Public Library that uh, if it be probably online at this particular time, but just really celebrates Aurora diversity, and uh, that's that's real key. So I'm proud of the city for, for looking at the importance of not just saying we have these guidelines and rules, but giving you an option to make sure that you're not being offended, and then in addition to that, uh, celebrating, you right. know, 
those those individuals, those groups, to make sure they know that they're loved and welcomed as well. Yeah, and you hit on a good point, too, just being more proactive rather Absolutely. than reactive. Absolutely. Kind of getting out with the community. Absolutely. And getting you that know, word out. It's, it's our thought that if you potentially are uh, more uh, proactive in issues like this, maybe you begin to minimize the need for complaints sure. because people are more open-minded because now when they have a negative thought about someone in a group that they're not familiar with, by us being proactive, maybe they now know people who are a part of that group and they say, hey, it's, it's a good guy. You know, that's a yeah. heck of a young lady, you know, and they're more supportive in those things because they know. There's more awareness. Absolutely. Right? So if Curtis is being mean to me, I can call you and you're going to come beat him up. Absolutely. Well, I don't know about the beating up part. He's a little taller than I am. But, but we'll take a written complaint and, okay. and investigate it for I'll write, you. Write you know. Play a little Thelonious or a little T.S. Yeah. Monk or whatever. You'll all can be worked out. T.S. Monk. <laughs> T.S. Monk. Nice. T.S. Monk. I saw, he, I love amazing drummer. Monk. Yeah. Amazing drummer. I'm a big T.S. Monk Thelonious fan. Monk's son. Yes. Uh, yeah. I grew up, uh, well, like his song, In a House of Muse, but, but I grew up in a house that had a lot of that playing. My dad used to, my dad was an iron worker. Mm. He'd be up early in the morning, waking up everybody, making smoothies and protein drinks and all that, and just blaring music yeah. Yeah. in the den downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Blaring music. Yeah. So I woke up, and still to, my, to this day in my life, I typically wake up every morning with a song in my head, and a lot of it is, uh, well, that kind of um, jazz, which is different from the big band stuff that we were talking about, you know. Right, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's, uh, and I think it's always pleasing to a parent when you know that something you've done that your children have picked up on and yes. they're carrying it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I always joke with my son now whenever we're together and he's playing music, and I'm listening to the music that he's playing. And even though he's a young guy, he's playing music of my era. Right. And I'm smiling going, dude, you got great taste in music. <laughs> yeah. You're yep. you playing some good stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Every time I hear my son say, beans and cornbread, I just, uh, yeah, yeah. I just smile. Yeah. I just smile. Yeah, a little yeah. Louis Jordan for y'all yeah. out there. Yeah. All right. So the time is now 8.49 a.m. You're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Is that a question from a... Let's see here. What's the, go. what's the question? What we got? Let's see here. We got Wait an audience question. All right. So the one time I don't have my phone, I'm looking for questions. <laughs> I don't have the question, so... Hunter, what's the question? <laughs> so the question is, is there a chance he can help with a children's program that can teach children music? So did we get that? that? Is there is there a that is something that we have wanted to look at doing, and I can tell you, many of the musicians that we work with in the Chicagoland area, they're educators, they're instructors, and they really want to do that. Okay, uh, needless to say, what's transpiring right now makes that a little complicated, but. Uh, there are, are many musicians that are open to doing that, and that's something that we have thought a lot about being able to do as far as giving back and the importance of exposing children to music at a very young age. Right. Uh, my, uh, my, my two youngest boys, uh, although I probably can't take credit for it, I still will, uh, you know, <laughs> they've, they've been playing uh, violin and cello since they were in the fourth grade. Okay, and uh, just recently, uh, the oldest, who's a senior at Matea right now, uh, he kind of gave up his cello for other things. But it was great to see their progression in music oh, yeah. over all the years and really having an appreciation for it. 
you know, at a very young age. And I think one of the things you see that's somewhat disappointing is that a lot of times now when there's a need to cut back and, you know, to reduce funds mm -hmm. and reduce spending, uh, music education tends to be one of those things that, that has gone, you know, the quickest. You yeah, know, the arts are always absolutely. first to get absolutely. chopped. That's absolutely. Who was that Thanks. question from? Oh, very good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Shout out to all the listeners and the watchers out there. Uh, submit a question, we will ask it. Uh, so I want to get into now. Got to get into some stuff now before we go on the show. <laughs> He's going deep. <laughs> got, we have to. I got to. There's questions I have to ask. Now, if you're going to ask it, I may answer. Okay. All right. Um, what's the most memorable show that you've done or been a part of? Oh, wow. What's the one that sticks out the most? I love it. I love it. This, this would have been at uh, uh, Jazz at Jaguars Okay. Saturday okay. night. It was a... Uh, Basically, it was Miles Davis' birthday, Ooh. and we were doing a Miles Davis tribute that night. And we basically had uh, three trumpeters out of Chicago come. You know, so we had like a standard trio there, upright bass, piano, and drum. Mm -hmm. And then to finish off the quartet, because there was just one trumpeter performing at a time, we had a guy named uh, Kenny Anderson, who we viewed to be kind of this young, aggressive, in-your-face trumpeter. Yeah. Uh, we had a guy named Malachi Thompson, who was like the older, senior guy, right. old school dude. <laughs> yeah. And then we had another gentleman, and oh gosh, I can't recall his name right now. But uh, he was like the classically trained trumpet player that evening. And they basically were sitting on the sideline, and each one would go up and play and come down, and another guy was going up. Right. And it was just an amazing, you know, something about when music is good and it's really good. Yeah. It touches your spirit <laughs> and your soul. Yeah. I remember literally calling my father and saying, Dad, you need to be here. Right. You need to the be moment. here. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Moment. Yeah. 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 That that sticks with me. Loved it. Amazing Loved that it. uh it, that that gets that kind of response and brings back mm -hmm. that kind of a good memory. Yes. And it absolutely. Wasn't, it wasn't a Snapchat phone picture or something. No. No. And I don't even have a picture of it because I was too busy enjoying it. They remember how much fun <laughs> we used to have before about be, uh, began being recorded. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, now another question I have is in regards to Chicago uh jazz and locations, mm -hmm. um, what are some what are some good ones? And of course before COVID and all that. Yeah, yeah. As far as in, in Chicago or yes. just around, period. Uh, in Chicago specifically. In in Chicago. You know something? Um you know, the jazz showcase is going to always be a, right. a standard. Right. I mean, it would truly always be a standard. Uh, prior to it closing, unfortunately, Pete Miller's in Evanston okay. was a great jazz, great jazz venue, you know, great jazz and dining. But I think just right now, um, Chicago doesn't have uh, as many uh, great jazz venues as it used to. Um, you know, the jazz showcase has been around forever. Mm -hmm. uh, the Green Mill. Oh has, yes! Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. What is that? Racine? What up there? North side. Yep, North side. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh, Green Mill. Yeah, yeah. They're Ooh. they're still doing their thing, and I want to say, and then Winters is a new jazz venue that's really doing some good stuff. Okay. They're doing some good stuff. So those are the three that I would recommend, and then for just your local, have a nice, roughly shaking Gimlet Martini and Hearla Music. Uh, Sullivan Steakhouse, whenever COVID allows us to come back. Uh, yeah. That's the Chicago location? Uh, the Naperville location. The Naperville location, yeah. 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 We're going to keep it close for you. Right, yeah. Uh, so the Naperville location, I got to say, they had a steak salad. Oh, yeah. Come on. Serious. It's very serious. It's a meal. It's, it's, it's a real salad. Yeah. 
a brother uh so Wednesdays was like half price everything. That's when a brother would, you know. <laughs> uh but yeah, good time. Got the yeah. piano right yep. in there in the front. Yep. Great place. Yep. Um, yep. yeah, so shout out to Sullivan yep. Steakhouse in Naperville. The venue out here on Broadway has been doing Absolutely. a lot of yep. different Absolutely. Um, socially distanced events. Yeah, you know, I'm actually meeting with them uh next week. Oh, you know? great, great. I'm people. hoping that we can do some things there because they've they've got a beautiful room. They got a beautiful layout that allows you to have individuals outside. Right. And and socially distance and be safe. Uh, you know, I think it's the uh, Fox Valley Music, Music Foundation. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. That's you know, it's, it's one of the things I really love. Again, when we talk about what you really appreciate about Aurora, and we talked about the diversity and all those things, but also I think for quite some time they were trying to decide on how are they going to focus the downtown area right. to allow it to grow and to develop. And it was really great when you begin to realize that the arts and entertainment was going to be that hook, was mm -hmm. going to be that anchor. So, in, you know, so venues like uh, the venue, mm -hmm. you know, and some of the other places that are going to be having live entertainment, right. uh, that's, that's going to be great. That's going to be great. What do you see for the future now? Once things reopen, when they reopen, the new norm. The n yeah, <laughs> oh, I don't want to say uh, that, but <laughs> yeah, I you know something. Um, I did a, a video shoot uh, about two, three months ago for uh, in front of Stope Island. Okay, and we were then talking about you know, um, it was a relief project to uh, help musicians and other you know, gig workers, as yeah. they're called sometimes, yeah. who were hit negatively by COVID and all that mm -hmm. was going on. Because, you know, those individuals have been hit hard. You know, some of us read about the pain. Others are living the pain. Okay. And uh, I think you're going to find that, at least from my standpoint, you're going to find the entertainment is hopefully still going to be an important piece, but it's going to change in a sense. I mean, for example, a lot of these venues right now can't operate at more than, depending on the state we're in, at between 25 to 50 percent of their occupancy. So if you can only, if you're a restaurateur and you can only operate at 25 percent of your occupancy, well, you basically want to turn tables. Right. And if you have entertainment there, a lot of times people are going to want to sit and listen. Yeah. So if I'm eating a meal, out, maybe yeah. it's 45 minutes. If I'm eating a meal while listening to entertainment, maybe it's an hour and a half. Right. You know, so we're going to have to think a lot about how to address that. And one of That's the things we've been doing in the past is going with smaller arrangements, uh, smaller arrangements that will uh, allow you to keep your costs down. Right. But you can still allow the music that if everybody's operating at 25 to 50 percent, you're going to find that the outdoor seating is becoming an extremely important part of how individuals are conducting business. And you can still use a way to let the music distinguish you from your competition, but you just have to do it in a smart way. You know, right. and those places that have the option of socially distancing, you know, those are going to be the ones we're going to try to focus on. I think from my standpoint, as far as being someone that books entertainment, we really are beginning to transition and look more at uh, the corporate functions, the private events, the weddings. You know, uh, families are still going to marry off their children. They're still going to have a budget for marrying off their children. Right, yeah. and, and entertainment is still going to be a part of that. And, and leave and that. It, it yeah. still will be. <laughs> And, and, yeah, exactly. and, the, and those venues will socially distance, have plenty of space, and book a three, four, five-piece band. Okay? So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have to kind of transition with that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just really enjoy the ability to 
come to a downtown Aurora or, down, or a downtown community. Yeah. And, you know, shall we say, go from a adult beverage location to another yeah. and hear some good music, have a cocktail. And that's that's a great way to spend a Saturday night. It is. And, and you don't want to lose that. So hopefully we're going to get back to a situation that we can do what we need to do now so that eventually we can get entertainment back to where it needs to be. Um, before we go, I want to uh, inject some uh, some black history in the conversation because I'm, I'm so glad to be interviewing you. Before uh, we started talking, uh, before the cameras were rolling, about uh, WNUA. Absolutely. 95.5. Yes, uh, yes. And um, what I'd like to know from you is... Uh, I grew up with, you know, Spiral Gyro and Kenny yes. G and yes. David Sanborn yes. just playing and just my dad just, my dad driving with one hand, but <laughs> um, if you may not have this answer, but who to you is the best or one of the greats that you would just name now? As far uh, as jazz musicians? Yes. Oh, that's that's very easy. Okay. Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Miles okay. Davis is the man. He's the man. One of the things that he did that a lot of jazz musicians have not done is that he didn't become stagnant with the music. He didn't just play one way all the time, okay? He grew with the music, and the music evolved. So that's why his repertoire spans over so many years, you know? Uh, Miles Davis, uh, God, I can't recall, the one, the big, huge concert years back before Mm -hmm. our day that everybody talks about... uh, Oh, outdoor concert, massive, huge. I can't Woodstock. Recall. Woodstock. Oh, okay. yeah, Woodstock. Miles Davis played at Woodstock, man. Yeah. He, you, know, you know, killed it, okay, and loved it and played music that people could appreciate. But he was a, quote, jazz musician. He truly understood the importance of the music evolving. For some jazz purists, they didn't like that. For people like me, some of his electric stuff was fantastic, in my opinion. Right. You know, you never can't get past... Uh, uh, blue, you know, kind of blue as being oh, the yeah. epitome. Good gracious. But, but uh, no, yeah, Miles, without question, man. He has an impact on the music to this day. Uh, my Favorite Things. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, yeah. that's, that that melody has yeah. been cut and chopped in many things. It's been so many commercials. It's been in so many advertisements, just a yeah. little bit of this. and Yeah, it's... We always it's have this uh, debate at home. Timeless. It, we, we have this debate at home that if you're a member of the small family, there are a couple of things you have to appreciate, okay? Miles Davis, the greatest jazz musician of all time. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Nobody does it better, R&B. Oh, yeah. And we're going to get into some rap. You can't talk anything but Tupac, okay? Okay. Uh, that's just it, you know? So those, that's requirements, live in the house. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got a problem with those three things, you should look at someplace right else. Here. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very interesting. Kicked out of the family. Um, so the show ends on a positive note, okay? Uh, I'd like you to give the city of Aurora and the listeners um, what you feel they should be taking with them for the weekend. What's the message from Mr. Oh. Small? Oh, wow. Well, I first just want to say thank you for having me on the show this morning. We appreciate it. Greatly appreciate yeah. it. I've enjoyed it. One. I've enjoyed it. So, so thank you so much. Um, you know... I think we're living in some very turbulent, difficult uh, times, you know, and a lot of people are uh, concerned about what's coming next, you know. And uh, for me, uh, not to go too far down one particular side or the other, uh, it's it's just extremely important that as of right now, something I used to always tell my kids and I still stand by, you know, do what you got to do so you can do what you want to do. 
you know, we all are hoping for something better. And depending on what we believe and who we believe, there's faith in something bigger than us that will hopefully get us to that next level. But with that faith, with that belief in something bigger than ourselves, there's still something that we must do. And the part that we must do is make those sacrifices now so that we can allow Aurora and the surrounding communities to be what they want to be. We all got to do what we got to do right now. Yeah, do your part. Yep. Enjoy the beautiful weekend, and yeah, just do, do something. Make a Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Do some good music. Good music. <laughs> so on behalf of uh, Good Morning Aurora and Mr. Small, we'd like to thank you guys for watching another good episode. These endings are getting a lot easier now. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate you guys and all of our listeners, all of our subscribers, and all of our viewers as well. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, and don't forget to check out jazzperspectives.com. Correct. Jazz Instagram, pers- Facebook as well. Yes. It's all on your website. You can yep. find those links. Yep. Okay. Just link from the website, Twitter, YouTube. Facebook, and Instagram. All right. Uh, check out jazzperspectives.com and all of the social media as well. And we hope that you guys have a great weekend, and we will see you back here Monday morning on the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Peace.